Forward This is a book on church history, but it is not like any other church history book you will read. Let me explain. First of all, no two history books are the same. The reason for this is that the field of historiography, or writing history, is both an art and a science. It is a science because facts are facts. Yet it is an art because every historian assumes the responsibility of interpreting the facts. Consequently, each history book is shaped by a somewhat different interpretation. Although I am not a professional historian, I have read quite a number of books on church history. Yes, there are differences, but by and large they turn out to be pretty much the same. My observation is that they tend to fall a bit more into the category of science rather than art. The Eternal Church is strikingly different from others because Dr. Bill Hammond is so strong on the dimension of art. His art, so to speak, is prophecy. I know of no other church history book that is authored by a person who has been recognized as having the gift and office of a prophet. Because of Dr. Hammond's prophetically energized interpretation of historical facts, I repeat what I said earlier, that this is not like any other church history book you will read. Another thing about history books is that not one of them is complete. What do I mean? I mean that on the day any history book is published, it is already out of date, because history moves on. Things have happened this year that could not have been included in last year's history book. As a church historian, Bill Hammond recognizes this. His book, The Eternal Church, was first published in 1981. By the time it went into its seventh printing in 1999, there were so many historical developments that it was time for a revised edition. The major new historical event was the emergence of the prophetic apostolic movement, which now appears as Chapter 26, Part 4. When I read Chapter 26, I felt flattered at seeing my name next to Bishop Hammond's as a partner in propagating the apostolic movement, much as Luther and Calvin were partners in propagating the Protestant movement. In fact, this was the first time I had really understood October 15th 1988, as the birth of what I now like to call the New Apostolic Reformation. The prophetic visitation on that day, in Sandiston, Florida, appears to be a modern-day equivalent to Luther's prophetic act in nailing his 95 theses to the door of the Wittenberg Church on October 31, 1517. When I first met Bill Hammond in 1992, I had no inkling about any such thing as a prophetic apostolic movement. In fact, it was only two years earlier that I first began understanding prophecy at all, with Bishop Hammond's book, Prophets and Personal Prophecy, as the main instrument that God used to bring me across the threshold. At that first meeting, he prophesied over me, you're going out like three stages of a rocket. The first stage got you off the ground. The second stage moved you up into the stratosphere, and now, saith the Lord, I'm about to take you into the third stage. The work that I've called you to do over the next ten years, saith God, will be more productive and more effective 
than all the rest of your life put together. It was the following year, 1993, that God began to pour out to me the revelation as to the new shape that He was giving to Christianity, and I have no question that the last ten years have been, in fact, my most productive. In relationship to this, I have published five books on the aspects of the New Apostolic Reformation, and I may have some others to add in the future. With this background, the reasons for my enthusiasm about this second edition of The Eternal Church should be apparent. If anyone asks me where the prophetic apostolic movement came from, I will simply point them to The Eternal Church.